0: This is Annie from the Smithsonian American Art Museum's Loose Foundation Center. Since 2011, we've hosted Loose Unplugged, a free monthly concert series that celebrates the work of local musicians. Now we are partnering with Hometown Sounds to bring you tracks from DC artists we love. For more on Loose Unplugged, visit americanart.si.edu/loose/unplugged. There you'll find a complete list of Loose Unplugged artists, videos of past performances and artist interviews on our blog, iLevel. We look forward to welcoming you back to the museum once it's safe to hold concerts again. Until then, stay well, stay in touch, and enjoy these tunes from our neighbors in the DMV. Hi, I'm Rosie Chima from Rosie Chima and What She Dreamed, and this is The Loose Listening Party, presented by Hometown Sounds.
1: I'm stuck on a bus Love. On a bus going north as if anyone ever fell.
2: Welcome back to Hometown Sounds we show you how DC rocks. I'm Tony Pereco.
3: I'm Paul Vodra, and this is the Loose Listening Party presented with our friends at the Smithsonian American Art Museum and their Loose Foundation Center. While their loose unplugged live music series is on pause, we are interviewing and listening to some music by some of the great DC musicians that we would love to feature in that space. And in this episode, we are thrilled to welcome Rosie Chima of Rosie Chima and What She Dreamed. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here.
3: I want to know about your DC origin story. What brought you here? How long have you been a citizen of this great city? And uh, and what do you think of it so far?
2: And also, what does a data journalist do?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Well, I came here for work. So I guess three and a half years and a data journalist is what I do, which can be a lot of different things from day to day. But the way that I usually explain it at parties, (laughs) which is my elevator pitch, is that I'm just like a normal journalist. But instead of spending most of my time on the phone interviewing people as sources, sometimes I've convinced somebody to give me some kind of data or tricked a website Ooh. And then I'm using the data as my source, and then I have to talk to people to make sure that anything that I've tried to derive from that data set means anything.
2: (laughs) So you get the scoop.
0: Yeah, I try to get the scoop. I definitely am doing my job right if I get the scoop.
3: (laughs) Did you know anything about DC music before you moved to this area?
0: Uh, so everybody that I told I was moving there said, oh man, I hear they have a great music scene, you know, Fugazi's from there. Yeah. And then finally I told somebody that and they were like, what do you know about the DC music scene? And I was like, well, you know, Fugazi's from there. And they were like, yeah, I've heard they've had a good scene, but everybody just says Fugazi. And nothing
3: else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: From the
2: mouths of babes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Almost <laughs> next to nothing. And I, I think that I thought that it would be really hard to get off the ground. Because I, I had a band in San Francisco. When I had my band in San Francisco, I was freelancing. And maybe it was making more music than I was making money and burning through my war chest.
2: The data journalist with a war chest.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm very cheap, so it lasted longer than I expected it to. Rosie Cheepa? Rosie Chipa. But yeah, I thought it, I thought it would take a while to get off the ground because I moved here for work. But my second week in town, I was walking from my strange Airbnb to my cat sitting gig, carrying my all my stuff which was like clothes and my guitar and i was walking from petworth to mount pleasant and somebody walking his dog in the other direction points at me and is like are you a musician and it was this like weird like how does he know oh my god and then i remembered that i'm carrying my guitar <laughs> um, <laughs> but he invited me to a house show at his house like that weekend uh, so it ended up being easier than I thought. And then the work family that I made at my first job, like just flooded my shows. And it was like, work families aren't so bad. I don't need to be closeted at my desk job as an artist for some reason.
2: Thank you, Rosie, for walking into uh one of, one of my questions. And uh, let's talk for a minute about uh, about the song we just heard stuck. Yeah. And like. Okay. I read some blog articles uh, that had a quote like uh that said this song's about like knowing you absolutely need to let go of someone them. But like we have you with you right now. So like can you tell me about the emotions and experiences that make you snarl like that?
0: Yes. Uh maybe I can try to do it in a not super clinical way, too. <laughs> I feel like I have the way that I talk about my feelings, and then there's the way that I s- about them
2: because you, you are not talking like the way you sing about your feelings
0: yeah exactly but there was just this really long period of my life where I only wrote breakup songs that was like most of the first songs that I wrote and by long I mean like years and years and I think that this was one of the last ones that I wrote and one of the best like this is the best breakup song that came out and I wrote it and I was like wow I'm angry Yeah, most of the songs that I'd written, they weren't, they weren't angry.
2: Your previous release was considerably less angry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. That was a lot less angry. But I wrote this one. I was like, wow, I'm angry. And also like, I can't really play this as a solo artist or I can, but it'll scare people. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might need a band. (laughs) But yeah, it's hard. It can be hard to get over somebody, but it can be particularly hard like there's this what I was angry about I was frustrated about knowing that intellectually I was done like I was I was ready to not be doing this anymore
2: sometimes you're just done
0: yeah I didn't think it was worth it I didn't think that the relationship was worth it for what it was I thought that like everything everything was ready but I just couldn't because sometimes a breakup song is like a, it's blue, right? It's like a moody, like, oh, I'm so sad. And this is more like, I'm a caged beast. <laughs> I'm like really ready to be let off this chain. <laughs> and also like I was, yeah, I was in kind of a weird place in my life. Like, I think th- I wrote that when I was between jobs and I was like, what's, what's happening? Like, how do I move forward? I felt like I was just. Stuck? Stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And all of the things ended up like maybe maybe all of the ways that I'm stuck are related to each other. And I'm in this horrible bramble <laughs> or on a bus, like forgetting to get off a bramble bus, a bus full of bramble sounds particularly unpleasant.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, going back to uh, why I was thrilled you brought up your coworkers and being so supportive. And, and my question is, does any part of of the singing, Rosie? Appear in the workplace.
0: How does that part come out at work? How does the singing Rosie come out in the workplace?
2: I just want to know about all, all the delicious microaggressions.
0: <laughs> I've noticed that I'm quite bad at code switching. How so? Sometimes. Sometimes I'll drop F-bombs at work meetings, or I'll, like, laugh at myself, or maybe overshare.
2: Uh, could you share with us a... A classic Rosie overshared at work.
0: Uh, (laughs) So this wasn't at work. It was at a work conference, like women in journalism circle. And there were like 60 people in the room. And the very young woman who was like in charge of the thing was like, I love that you're all here and we don't have a lot of time. And maybe this will take up all the time, but why don't we go around in a circle and share where we work and um, how long we've been there and how we feel like our workplace has failed us as women. And I was like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? And then it got around to me and I was like, I know exactly what to say. And I told them about the time a few weeks into a job where I was the only woman on staff, I had a period leak while sitting on a white chair And then I just like kept sitting on that chair (laughs) until everybody went home.
3: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Uh, And that is that is a classic Rosie Overshare. That was with a bunch of people that I did not know at all (laughs) and wanted to network with.
2: (laughs) That is so real. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I did end up meeting some people with fancier jobs than me that week. And we're like, you were at that thing. And they were like, I don't remember you. And I was like, I menstruated on a chair. And they were like, yes, you did.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, damn. <laughs> the song that we started out the show with was Stuck, the leadoff track from the 2021 album, Realm of the Warring Gods. That came out earlier this year on This Could Go Boom Records. It is available to buy now on Bandcamp. Of course, um, what has it been like working with This Could Go Boom? How did you get connected with them?
0: Either somehow through Seven Drum City or with or through Project Hera. It was kind of a combination of seeing like them tabling at Flashband events. And then also like meeting some of them individually and seeing them like play their own stuff or like listening to it on Bandcamp and then realizing that the 06 was actually a super group of incredible local female artists. So that's how I met them. And then last summer when we had all of the mixes from the album in hand, I wanted to try shopping around to labels. And we were like, I don't know if they're putting stuff out. But they had a, like, drop form up on their website. And I was like, okay, here's a very personal email to these people that I love and, like, feel like have made DC music so much better and how I would love to be a part of that. And I also, I think, sent a copy of that to their personal emails just in case they didn't see it. (laughs) Just to remind them, like, hey, you know me. (laughs) And yeah, they, they liked it and wanted to work with us. And that's been a really, that's been a really, really good experience. Yeah.
3: That's awesome. That's what we like to hear. Next up, we're going to hear another song from that album, Realm of the Warring Gods. This one's called The Wheel. Mm -hmm.
1: See the same as my eyes.
2: That was The Wheel, another track from Rosie Chima and What She Dreams 2021 album, Realm of the Warring Gods.
3: I read that you had a, a spiritual retreat near Yosemite National Park that sounded way more than I could handle.
0: Yeah, it was intense.
3: Tell us about this.
0: I'm from the Bay Area. I went to college there. I've been to Burning Man my friends are hippies <laughs> and a lot of them discovered meditation before me including my ex-boyfriend who before we dated he had he'd spent i think 3 months in a monastery in Nepal so i was dating somebody who had a background in meditation basically and like what he turned to it for was partially for like dealing with depression and mental health and I was having a really hard time with it. And I also just like, this was the year that I wrote stuck. Like I felt really, 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 really stuck. And at some point I read a meditation book that my boyfriend had, and it was about meditation and depression. And I just like started crying. And I was like, oh, I should really be crying more. I'm having trouble connecting with my feelings. Like I didn't realize that I was this sad. B, the fact that this book made this happen for me I think means that I'm depressed and also that maybe meditation would help. So I should learn to meditate. And my boyfriend was like, there are these retreats, they're free, pretty cool. And so I did, and it was a 10 day silent retreat and it was 10 days, they separated people by gender. So I was in like a girl's dorm, but you weren't supposed to talk. You weren't supposed to listen to music, read, write or make unnecessary eye contact with people. So you were like supposed to act like you were as alone as possible. And it was very, 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 very strange. And I came out of that like really, really stoked on meditation. And like I thought that like this would be really useful for me and I've kept it up. Uh, I realized that when you asked me about my DC origin story, I didn't tell you how I met my band. Uh, I already mentioned that when I moved here, started playing shows. Somebody recommended that somebody recommended that I look into Seven Drums City, which is on North Capitol Street. It's a drum school. I think I mentioned that I wanted to get better at rhythm, and also playing drums had always looked. Really, really, really fun to me, and it turns out that it is. So I wanted, to, I wanted to take drum lessons, and I took, I took drum lessons for I think a year from Isabel De Leon, uh, who's incredible uh, and in a billion bands. And when she heard that I was looking to like meet other musicians to maybe start a band, she was like, "You should do Flash Band." And Flash Band is like speed dating for musicians. And every month, 50 musicians would get together and like shuffle around jamming, basically. And at the end of the day, there was like elementary school kickball style, like who needs a bassist and who needs a drummer formation of bands. And then at the end of the month, you played a big showcase together and it was all cover songs. And I met everybody who's in my band now at that. And I was like, these guys are really, really, really nice. And also, I think that we play well together. So maybe we can, maybe they want to play with me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I like very shyly reached out and asked if they, if this was something that they'd be interested in. And it was. Oh. I love them. It's great. I'm very, 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 very lucky.
2: It's a, a fun and heartwarming story. To, to hear you started something that became a band rather than something that expires.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: What is the secret origin story of your awesome band name?
0: Oh, yeah, there's a cool there's a cool part of this answer. There's a lame part of this answer. <laughs> I love poetry. That's the cool part. And my favorite poem is called Meditation at Lagunitas by Robert Haas. And what she dreamed is also a line in there. The lame part of this answer <laughs> is that leading up to our first show and I was like, you need, you need a name. This band needs a name. You've put in so much work and you guys really are a thing. This is not just a thing that I made. This is like our thing and you guys own it. So we should figure out how to name this band. And then I made a spreadsheet and I had us all put in like suggestions for what could be fill in the blank for Rosie Chima and blank. And then Steve, Michelle, and I each had a column where we ranked everything in there. And then the things with the highest scores added together. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And we figured it out. We figured out that what she dreamed was who we were, but through, through a spreadsheet.
3: Poetry and spreadsheets. Yes. (laughs)
0: So something
2: else we, something we love to do on the Loose Listening Party is uh, to have our guests identify all the rad DC music that they love too. So Rosie, who are we playing next on this week's show?
0: Is it Professor Goldstein? I think it is, right?
2: Yes, it is.
0: Yeah. We're playing Professor Goldstein next.
5: Hi, we're Professor Goldstein. This one's called uh, Straight to DVD. One, a two, a skiddly diddly doo, go! It fell into the skate park and there will be blood. I know it might be December, but I'll run from the cops in the noon without a bus. Miss me out on the racetrack, hate the sin, love the sinner. Hit my head on the railing in Baltimore Now I can't remember the feeling in my fingers Think of my future best friend yeah. Try to hide My extra life And you
2: That was a track called Straight to DVD by Professor Goldstein, and uh, Rosie, I'm so thrilled you have brought Professor Goldstein to Hometown Sounds today, and I'll I'll share why. We had uh, Professor Goldstein on via a previous act under the moniker uh, Mountain Jew, yes. and there we go, Paul, Yes. yes, so... Professor Goldstein is the music of Aaron Goldstein. Aaron Goldstein, who is a Jewish, transgender, Maryland public school teacher. So I've been loving Aaron Goldstein and Aaron Goldstein's work since like 2017. Aaron Goldstein uh, just knows how to go for it via crazy and authentic and goofy sounds.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. So, Rosie,
2: how did you get to know Professor Goldstein?
0: Uh, I think I got to know the band through This Could Go Boom. I think they're part of the This Could Go Boom cohort of people that are working on stuff this year. And I think Aaron is in that cohort. And so when I was talking to the label about setting up in-person shows again and who we might get to play with because, oh my God, we get to play shows again. Back in July, they were like, how about Professor Goldstein? And that was the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> yeah, they're incredible. I guess I've only seen them perform twice, but they've both been some of my favorite shows in DC. Professor Goldstein clearly knows how to have fun. Oh my God, yes, absolutely. At the last show, a friend was visiting and she made the comment in the middle, Aaron is so magnetic and like charismatic that I kind of forget the rest of the band is there, even though the rest of the band is wacky as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like very fun to watch and perform. Also, incredible musicians. The last time I saw them, they had a brand new horn section. The horns all had sheet music. She had written sheet music for everybody.
2: That's hardcore.
0: <laughs> it blew my mind. <laughs>
3: I want to let everybody know that that song, Straight to DVD, comes from the album Professor Goldstein Live at Virtual Underground. It came out this past July, and it is a name-your-own-price download on Bandcamp. And that's a, that's a real good price for that, uh, that joyous expression of music.
0: That's a real good price.
3: Let us hear another song by a DC band that we love and have even spoken to on the show. Next up is Lightmare. That song was called Corporate Time Thief by Lightmare. It is from Lightmare's debut album, Dream Glitch, that came out in November of 2018. Of course, you can buy that on Bandcamp. Rosie, tell us about Lightmare and how awesome they are.
0: Lightmare is incredible. I almost didn't pick this song because they actually, when they were on this show, recommended us and I was like, we're just going to look like clicky bitches. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But they are... I don't know. They're my favorite band in DC. I love going to their shows. I've seen them a million times. The first time that I saw them, we were playing with them. And I was like, this is the band we get to play with? This is fucking incredible. <laughs> Whenever I see them, I'm like, this is going to sound, I don't know, backhanded or like backhanded to me. But I'm like, wow, am I doing everything wrong? Do I need horns? Do I need to like be better at crowd work and like... Not play this guitar, but, like, actually slink around stage and vamp and, like, get out there. Uh, Lightmare's vocalist, Shady Rose, setting the bar for attitude. They actually, they run Girls Rock. Uh, They are among the many people that make Girls Rock run, which is an after-school program and summer camp to introduce kids to the magic of making music together. And I actually volunteered with them this summer and it was incredible and also really, really hard. And anybody who works with kids on a day-to-day basis, my hat and heart are off to you because like, I don't think I could do that. (laughs) The song that my kids wrote was incredible and I had nothing to do with it. I think that I didn't really, when I started, I didn't really get like how much I was supposed to be involved. And then I slowly realized, no, like, this is, A, this is their song, but also B, like, they can do it and they will do it. And they, like, they're going to get along with each other. They're going to work out how to, how to relate to each other. And also, they've, they know music. But the song that they wrote was about COVID from, like, a kid's perspective. It's also a total banger that everybody wants to dance to. Like, the first time I heard this song, everybody was dancing to it. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? The chorus went, this is COVID-19, you have to stay at home. Be sure that you quarantine inside your little dome. And the name of the band was Public Indie. And they also had an extensive conversation when they named the band about how like, whether committing to being indie meant that they had to write a certain kind of song. And then they were like, really? This genre is (laughs) meaningless.
2: Oh my God, that's amazing that how early the, the questions about authenticity emerged.
3: <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, let us hear yet another amazing song by a DC musician that you should know. Next up is Knives Escobar.
2: That was Knives Escobar with a track called Echizo. Rosie, tell us about how you have gotten to know Knives and Knives music.
0: Yeah. I actually don't know Knives that well, but she is connected to one of my like peak DC music experiences. Early in the life of the band, we were asked to be the featured artist in the Project Hera open mic at Songbird. And I'd never been before, but it was supposed to be, like, an all-femme woman, non-man, non-cishet man <laughs> open mic, and we were going to, like, go on in the middle, and that's that's what I knew. Before coming to DC, I was not the biggest fan of open mics because, like, the energy could be weird. People are usually just thinking about, like, how their performance is going to go and then measuring other people up in, like, kind of a competitive way and it goes on way too long. Like things don't close out until like everybody's sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> but this open mic was incredible, like so many talented women in d c. Knives went on at the end of the night. This might have been one of her first live performances. Like that's what she was doing at an open mic in the first place. I think she's shorter than me. She's like five, three, maybe.
2: Kind of like a pocket knife? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wearing a leather jacket, shaved head. Going on at the end of the night's already hard, but she was singing with a karaoke track. I've played a lot of open mics in my life. Karaoke track is not the vibe. Like R&B, electric music, also not the vibe. Like, I'm the vibe. Acoustic music, like a guitar, is definitely the vibe. And then she sang in Spanish, and like all of these things were very outside the norm, and she just blew everybody away. And I love this song. I love I love the lyrics, even though I had to make sure that I was translating them correctly. Yeah, I think that it's I think it's gorgeous. And even not being a native Spanish speaker, like at that show I was hanging on every word and like all of them landed. And people were like craning their necks around each other to see the very powerful person at the end of the very long room.
2: Very powerful. Yeah.
3: I I will give credit to Niaz Escobar that the lyrics for that song are included in Bandcamp, where you can buy that song for $1. And it came out back in February of 2019, destined for the upcoming EP called Aligned and Maligned, which hopefully we will see soon. Uh, I really do like it when people put their lyrics on Bandcamp, even if uh, you have to send them to Google Translate to understand them. (laughs) So we are heading toward the last track of the podcast, but I want to take a moment and thank our friends at the Luce Foundation Center and the Smithsonian American Art Museum for sponsoring this series. They are awesome people, great to work with, dedicated to the DC music scene, and we really look forward to uh, going to see some shows in their awesome space again soon. Where can people follow Rosie Chima on the internets to find out what's going on? and what you have cooking up.
2: And also, what's next for Rosie Chima and What She Dreamed?
0: Okay, great questions. You can follow us on Instagram at WhatSheDreamed. We're also on Facebook, and we're on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music. Listen to all those things. I think you can also sign up for our email list at our website, which is Rosie Chima and A-N-D, what com. What's next for us? Uh, I asked if I could tell you guys this. This is so DC and it's so sad too. But my guitarist's wife got a job in the foreign service and they're moving to Nepal next spring sometime. And I'm so thrilled for them because that's the coolest thing in the world, but I'm also pissed and sad. (laughs) And so we're going to try to get as much done as is humanly possible for four 30-something adults with day jobs We'll be playing at Pie Shop on November 7th, so you can that's the next time that you can see us live. And I think we're also playing at Pie Shop again on December 12th.
2: So much pie.
0: I know. I've never played there before. I hear they give you <laughs> pie, though.
2: <laughs> they do, and it's a great place to play.
0: And they've been on my list for a really long time. Pitchfork, a while ago, did a... They did. yeah. Favorite, favorite venues, artists' favorite venues. And DC was in there twice for Rhizome and for Pie Shop. I had never played at Pie Shop, so now I'm going to get to twice.
3: (laughs) So we're going to play one last song to head out on this podcast. The song is another one from Realm of the Warring Gods by Rosie Chima and What You Dreamed. The song is called Wax Wing. Rosie, what can you tell us about this particular song?
0: Uh, I could tell you a lot. I wrote it after a friend died, really unexpectedly and tragically. At her celebration of life, her husband read from Nabokov's Pale Fire. um, And it's something that they read together. And he read from the first few lines. And they're about a bird flying into a window. I was the shadow of a waxwing slain by the false azure of a window pane. I was that smudge of ash and fluff. And I lived on, flew on in the reflected sky. Um, and so I, I put, I don't know. I was experimenting with putting things from the world in songs, like kind of found lyrics. And that was one thing that I just put in there. Um, and then the other thing is that a thing that I was going through as I grieved Tess was like newfound knowledge of my mortality. And how like loss is real, but also how that made me want to get closer to people, even though I knew that it was all temporary. Yeah, (laughs) it death fucking sucks. And also, like what a gift to be able to get to be close to people that you end up missing this much, right?
3: Definitely. Rosie Chima, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It was really, really awesome to get to know you.
0: Thanks for having me on. It was a real honor and a pleasure.
3: (laughs) All right. Thank you, Tony.
2: Thank you, Paul.
3: And And we'll we'll see you you all all next next time. time.
1: service maybe